0: What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. Alright. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. Today's episode is all about sex work and sex work within the gay community in particular. So I invited three guests on today who all come from different walks of life and have different jobs, So I have some stories that I guess I'm going to share against my will at this point. So (laughs) I was not to say I wasn't ready to do this, but I was just like, is this really what I want to put out into the universe right now? But you know what? I feel like it's something good to talk about that doesn't get talked about enough because I think it has such a negative stigma. So I figured why not? So my first guest is Kevin Mims. So hello, welcome, Kevin.
1: Hello, hi. Where are you from and what do you I'm do I'm from uh, I'm actually born and raised in New York. I'm from Brooklyn, uh, born and bred, and I am a professional dancer and full-time drag queen. In New York City. I, I can clearly tell by the wardrobe in the back. You are you have lots of looks. <laughs> There's just a lot. It's a lot. This is uh, this is my house doubles as dance studio, photo studio. Um, sweatshop, it's a great time. <laughs> I mean,
0: listen, she's gotta make some money, you know? Got that right. <laughs> I get it. So you're in New York right now?
1: Yes, I am home. I have made it home. I've been home since April. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a, a change. I came home earlier than I was supposed to, which was the case for a lot of people uh, in my industry, but.
0: Yeah, it's not a time. <laughs> it's
1: not, a time. <laughs> <laughs> not a great time. But you know, I have my health so i can't really complain
0: yeah we're all alive good job guys yeah <laughs> um jimmy everybody that jimmy Pizzino, i'm sure you've seen his ass somewhere on my instagram account um hi bitch
2: <laughs> <laughs> shut up hi is that a good intro
0: like i don't even know how to describe you at this point
2: <laughs> uh, you're only, you can only describe me based on my ass i have so many other assets better jimmy than my i ass. feel like every
0: time i've seen you it's always straight hole Shaving hole, lasering hole, um, a lot of hole action. I don't think I've ever seen you and we were not naked at some point in the duration of our hangout.
2: Okay. This is probably true. Um, (laughs) honestly, I'm okay with that. That's fine. We can be naked friends. Well, Jimmy, what would you say you do for work? Um, well, my full-time job is a model. That's my full-time job. Um, Right now, during COVID, it's very slow, so I can't really call it full-time, but that is what I'm doing here in New York.
0: And last but not least, Mr. Peter Pagan, how are you, beautiful?
3: Hi, I'm um, doing good. How about you?
0: I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> so me neither.
3: COVID hasn't knocked me out yet.
0: Um, huh. So, Pete, why don't you tell everybody what you do and where are you?
3: Hi, so um, I'm in L.A. and I do Instagram slash OnlyFans as my main, I guess, job. I love that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well,
3: Kevin, I'm
0: going to start with you then. So why don't we talk about, I mean, have you ever received money of any sort for, let's just say, exploiting your body? Like that could be images that somebody paid you for it could be actual sex favors potentially um give me give me like your most interesting story i'm so curious um
1: uh, so uh yes (laughs) yes and yes uh (laughs) (laughs) so like back in the day you know college we're all struggling and whatnot and stuff but this is back when craigslist was still real Mm. uh yeah seeking seeking things was a real thing and i remember uh a moment before I started working in nightlife, I was, like, strapped for cash and everything, and I got into, like, a little bit of an arrangement with uh, an older gentleman who, of which I would, he would book hotel rooms and, um, uh, the, like, the sketchiest, like, hour-per-hour, hour, like, hotels you could, like, guess, think of in New York City. Like
0: hotels, basically.
1: Like, yeah, like, full-blown, like, motels that are, like, in the middle of, like, Chinatown or, like, Koreatown, and, um, yeah, and I would get money for actions of which would happen from the comfort behind that door, um, uh, and yeah, so that was, that's basically, like, the brunt of it, um, and then after that, like, as I, like, dived into nightlife, that kind of stopped and everything, but, like, for the most part, that was a good, like, couple of months of me seeing this gentleman every now and then, and, getting paid for. would you do it again currently if the opportunity arised
3: um yeah
1: i mean people offer me things every now and then and like i always like laugh about it but i, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it again i mean why not yeah I'm pretty
3: <laughs> but like I mean, that's so what i'm yeah. saying
0: like we're only young for so long so it's like if you have it and you could capitalize off of it like why wouldn't you just go for it and try, and I just wish it didn't have such like a negative look that yeah. I think it makes it difficult, you know,
1: yeah, I agree it's it's a i mean I'm not mad about it, and I don't regret it, and I definitely like again, if like said opportunities again, people also like I'm a drag queen, so every now and then I have the odd gentleman that you know wants to message me, and it's like I will pay to see her, <laughs> and I'm just like. I'll think about it, and so they get off of you dressed as a woman, basically. Yeah, and uh, I'm not mad at that. I definitely have thought about like going on a campsite and just sitting in full face and eating food because someone's gonna get off to that.
0: Somebody (laughs) will get off to that. So (laughs) I'm just
1: like, let's capitalize on something. Let's just like imagine me like taking out my Taco Bell.
0: Yeah, or pickles,
1: like something. something. Have an ASMR moment. Full hair, just living a fantasy. Pete, didn't you do that?
3: I I've dabbled in ASMR because my voice is very um, it's got some vibrations to it. I feel like, um, <laughs> but I don't I don't really do it um, professionally or. I want to start a YouTube, but I I need to. I feel like I need to have a direction with it.
0: ASMR baby, there's lots of food. You got Cheetos. You got pickles. You can. You <laughs> got the world.
3: Yeah. Is that your okay, why don't
0: I ask you what is the craziest thing you've done for money?
3: Oh my God, the craziest thing that I've done for money, um, I would say work a full time job is probably the craziest thing I've done for money. Um, it was very, like, hurtful, I guess, like to my um, creative being or whatever. Uh, if you would describe it like that. I don't mean to be like describing it in such like a huge term or whatever, but just like doing that routine and like being part of like schedule and like dressing up for work and stuff. It was just like really a terrible um, time.
0: Well, I feel like it makes you somebody you're not, right? And I think when you get a real job, there's so many rules that it's like, they want you to be their image that it makes you lose sense of, like, who you are and what your image is and what you stand by, that it's, like, you have to, like, adapt this company culture. And I don't know, like, I totally feel you. It's, like, why I would rather make, like, 35000 a year for myself than make, like, $100,000 making, like, some basic bitch richer,
3: you know? True. Okay, I feel you. But, I mean, also – I did really try to fit into the, the roles that were available. Um, I'm actually still trying to get a, a full-time job slash real job, um, but it's very difficult. Um, even outside of just COVID-19 and the pandemic, it's just really difficult to find a place that you feel fulfilled and like you're like putting your energy into this company for money. And it's just really hard to do. One of the hardest things I ever had to do.
0: Yeah, I get it. Jimmy, what about you? What's the craziest thing you've done for some
2: cash? I mean, I've done crazy things for money, but I don't I don't know what the craziest thing. I guess craziest thing would be I've done like like webcam. I've webcamed a straight guy. <laughs> I've How webcammed do you get a into straight that? guy. Well, I met him on um, Instagram. And he uh, um, is a little too nervous to meet up with me in person. So I was like, "Okay, well, let's FaceTime. And um, he was willing to pay me to FaceTime me. Um, And that is what we have as a relationship between us. And yeah, I guess it's crazy because he also is, he's a little weird in that sense where he like, he doesn't want to meet up with you because he's too nervous because I'm pretty sure he has a girlfriend. So this (laughs) is like him dabbling in. This is him dabbling into the gay world because I obviously have a feeling that he's, you know, interested in men, but is too nervous to actually go through with it in person. So doing something on a FaceTime chat is more comfortable for him um yeah so that's kind of like the weirdest thing that i've done if you consider that weird i really don't consider that weird but some people might um yeah
0: (laughs) i mean i would say that like i mean i i don't even know what the weirdest thing i've done for money is but i mean like i think there's so much you can capitalize off of with your body as a young person. And I feel like there's a lot more we all here would do if it was socially acceptable a little bit more, you know what I mean? But I did think-
2: did you sell your feet photos or something?
0: No, bitch, I sent a dick picture. Well, I've done my feet photos, yes. I've sold foot photos of my feet. <laughs> they only gave me $50. I don't know what the going rate for feet is, but- You could get way more. Has anyone here sold- their feet photos
3: not yet
1: I don't have pretty feet
0: <laughs> Kevin's like bitch these fucking feet have been in heels like it is not cute
1: no, it's not I'm, I'm sorry like and I have people who like are like yeah like you have nice feet I'm like I don't see it
0: well people okay. get off to weird things like they might like rough feet that like have some cracks in the heels you know like you never know what people are into
1: no, don't get me wrong, like, I'm into feet. I will admit it. Like, I'm into it, I'm down for it. But like, there's a certain level where I'm just like, no. <laughs> Let me ask you,
0: are you into the smell of feet or the look of feet? Aesthetics. Okay. Same.
3: Hard same, no smell.
0: <laughs> no smell. <laughs> Thank you. No smell. Have you guys ever like jerked off with your someone's feet? No. No.
3: <laughs> yes
0: yes B. I knew someone here had to have it we got it yes
3: yeah it was like with my ex-boyfriend a long time ago we just like we're playing around
0: sounds kind of hot fun i mean i would try it if somebody was going to get off to it i personally i feel like it would do nothing for me but well let me ask you guys this which i feel like we're all going to have the same answer do you ever feel like it's wrong to show off your body for money
2: I B, do let not me start that. with you Jimmy, you say no? Uh, No, absolutely not. Especially since I work in the modeling industry, the whole industry is based off of your body in general. And especially as a male model, you're basically, you're expected to be shirtless. You're expected to be posing in underwear. You're selling your body. You're selling the clothes. So I don't see that as a problem.
0: Yeah, I get it. Pete, what about you?
3: Um. I don't think that there is. Wait, can you repeat the, repeat the question? Is it like, um, like,
0: do you ever feel like it's wrong to be showing off your body to make money?
3: Um. Okay. So I think that there's appropriate settings of which to do so. Um. But I also think like it's natural. I think like it's human nature to show it off um, or to like be naked and not be wearing clothes Um, to make money off of it. I think that that is an interesting path, Um, but I don't see it as wrong or um, anything negative. I think it can be in excess, but if you're doing it in in a formulated, isolated instance where it works, I think that that is good. Kevin what do you think?
1: I think no I, I again like much like Jimmy I'm I'm a dancer like that my my sole job is to be on stage and like you see my body like that's that's it like I create art with my body I go to an audition like people I don't think realize that like when we show up to auditions to get the jobs nine times out of ten like we're in skin tight clothing so which like whoever's trying to cast us can see our body, can see the lines of our body. So like, in theory, I make money off of my body naturally. Like, yeah. it is my sole purpose. And, and so in, in that way, like, I, I, I could never say, oh, like it's wrong. Like, no, I think people hear that remark or like, oh, you're selling your body. Like, but do you look at your line of work? because yeah. like someone who works a regular like blue collar nine-to-five job you're not selling your body and like you're intellectually selling your mind sure like i whoever's an accountant i give you props because numbers a lot. i count to eight and i'll count up to you no. <laughs> yeah but like you know anyone who's like in an industry where like you're creating art with your body like that that is that's your moneymaker if if something goes wrong i always tell people when they they idolize my body like oh my god your body's so this and that like i get paid to look like this you're right yeah (laughs) like that's the big thing and the more i like you know put that into words and i'm like i I need to keep this snatched
0: (laughs) well i feel like i can talk on behalf of all of us we all clearly bust our ass because i mean not to say social media is the way we all make money indirectly but you're getting brand deals because of the following you have you're getting hired for gigs because of the following you have like everything goes back to the way you look and not to say if you don't look a certain way you're not gonna get money but it's true and and not to say like we were talking about even the people who do work nine-to-five you think those girls with big titties and sales jobs aren't getting hired because of their looks Like, they know those 50-year-old white men that, like, they're like, let's send these hot girls to go into their office as saleswoman because they're going to be able to manipulate them to sign up, you know? Look at this bitch.
3: (laughs) So, it's all about influencing, influencer culture.
0: Literally. That's what what we're living in right now. It really is.
3: Yeah. And kind of, have we always been? But it's just now, like, coined term influencer kind of thing. Like, internet has evolved the understanding of it or something.
0: Well, I'll say this. So I was talking to Jimmy about how I wanted to do this podcast. because I feel like it's not talked about. And he brought up a good point is he said, what's the difference of getting paid for sex versus choosing to meet up with somebody random and not getting paid. Like you're doing the same action. You don't know these people. Like you're pretty much going, you're basically just having a grinder hookup, but making money off of it.
2: Exactly.
1: That's Sorry. how I think of it. Sorry, I think one is an, an arrangement. Like, you, you are arranging, uh, like, I don't know if anyone remembers the website Seeking Arrangements, you know, find find your sugar dad, sugar mama. But like- You think we're not on it, bitch?
2: We all know it, we're on We it. all did it at some point.
1: <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but like, um, uh, I, I think when the difference between those two um, ideas is that one is you're going in with the idea that I'm going to get monetary value out of this you're putting value to the action that you're doing if I'm meeting up with Joe for a one-night stand I'm just going in to just have some type of human connection if I'm meeting up with Joe in the with the idea of this is a this is monetary this is a business I've now changed it I've changed to my actions as then, Mon- it's monetary. The same way with like drag for me. Like there was a point where drag was no longer just me having artistic, trying to do self or other artistic expression and hobby. There was a shift when it comes hobby into business. And when you start looking at it as a business,
2: it's completely different. Hmm. I can see what you're saying. I see that. I never thought of that before you said that. So that makes, that makes more sense to me.
0: Very interesting.
2: Yeah. Let's ask you guys
0: this. Do you, have you guys ever been in a relationship or like tried to start a relationship and then it failed because of things you do on the internet? Like I could tell you, for example, for me, somebody who I was with wasn't comfortable with the fact that I post my butt on social media for a living, that it was a turnoff that they were like, I can't have you meet my parents. And they're going to be like, what do you do? And I'm going to be like, oh, he runs an Instagram account. He has a gay travel blog. And then they click it and it's you showing your ass outside of like whatever and i'm like i get it like it's it's not for everybody like and it's something that i mean i've learned that i have to accept and deal with that it's not going to be tasteful for everybody and it's all about how you want to view it but i mean have any of you guys ever felt like your job keeps you from finding somebody that can fit it properly
1: yeah i mean i've gotten told i can't date you because you're a drag queen. I've gotten, which, yeah, men are terrible. (laughs) I've also, I know, it's really bad. Uh, Twice, it happened twice. Um, uh, I've also gotten, my job in general, like I travel the country, I've traveled the globe, I've probably visited over 40 countries in the past two years now. It's innately that lifestyle is not for everyone. I know that. And so uh, I always have to like, you know, if I'm trying to attempt to start a relationship with someone, I always have to preface this as, you are like the mistress in this. My career comes first. Yeah, That is the wife, that is the husband, that is everything to me. And if a person can't understand that, then they're not, they're not going to be that ride or die. Because quite frankly, like sex is great. Physical connection is real lovely. But like, if I can't do my art and create what I want, it's, it's not, I'm not going to be a happy person inside. Uh, well, I think fine.
0: we all move to big cities for a reason, right? And, like, whether it's you want to perform in drag, like, Pete, you moved to L.A. to, like, pursue OnlyFans. Jimmy, you moved to New York to be a model. Like, I moved to New York for the connection aspect behind it. Like, we all moved to a big city to become something. So I feel like to have a guy hold you back from being what you want to be, it's just, like, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Pete, what about you? Do you think you ever had, like, trouble in a relationship because of OnlyFans?
3: Um kind of but it wasn't really directly maybe maybe it was maybe i'm just like denying it but basically before i moved to la i had a relationship with someone in virginia where i lived um making eight dollars an hour at an art gallery um my amazing accomplishment in this world so far um but he was really great but then when i moved to la to pursue my own um, way of doing things he kind of cut off everything and I mean while well, well, I understand why someone would need to do that I also w- wish that he could understand my perspective on how I need to live my life to feel free um, and to be who I am and to just do what I feel like what I feel like I need to do you know what I mean
0: No, I get it Jimmy, what about you?
2: Um, I mean, I would say this didn't happen often, but in my past relationship with my ex, I always felt judgment for what I posted on my social media, if it was a body picture. And most of the time, I didn't really think about it as like, you know, it could affect what I want to do in the future. But that's how he would play it off with me. so. He would, he would try to make me feel bad about posting something that was a little more sexualized or, um, you know, naked. And um, I hated that. And, but I would always give him the benefit of the doubt because I loved him. But at the end of the day, now I'm realizing that that is not the way to go about it. And I actually loved what I was doing and loved what I was sharing. And I shouldn't have cared what someone else did or someone else um, said about what I was sharing. Um, so it, I, I think it, it has affected um, um, my relationship in the past, but I will never let it do that again because I will always choose what I want to do yeah. first.
3: I think that's so important to do for yourself and exactly anyone listening, always do the things that make you happy. And if that's a relationship or adhering to someone else's like wants for you or like whatever they're doing, if that's like your your thing, then maybe that's what you do. But um, I think it's really important to just like look out for number one and to fulfill those needs first before um, any partner's yeah. association.
0: Well, Pete, why, why do you think like, if you want to refer to like everything we do as sex work in a way, I mean we've all done actions to make money, whether it's on camera or for one individual person in a hotel room mm-hmm. um, like why do you think sex work in general has such like a negative stigma?
3: That is so complicated um to answer, but um I just feel like people are very uncomfortable because we as a society we, we're we like wearing clothes we have like these adapt um this culture where we are afraid to just like say anything sexual or do anything sexual um it's just kind of like it's almost like we're in a new age version of like really old school society it's just like strangely repeating itself like it's like yeah. we're always like oh we can't show our nipple on instagram or you know whatever it's like it's just ridiculous i don't know why that it's so negative um i think that people could be more empathetic towards the industry and people who do that work though because there is so much like more to everyone that's involved
0: yeah, I mean, everybody. I feel like people forget. I mean, you go on a porn website, like you forget that that person maybe spent thirty minutes to an hour of their life doing that. But there's like so much more to that person than what you're seeing on the screen. You know what I mean?
2: True.
3: Yeah, they're a
0: real person.
3: Yeah, right. It's like it's it's like you almost cancel them as a person, and like something like you view them in some other way.
2: <laughs> right. Like, but the funny thing is that. Guys. Oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Jimmy's- the funny thing to me is that <laughs> these people want to cancel all these porn stars or sex workers, but they're the ones watching it. They're the ones logging mm. on online, watching it all the time. They're the ones getting off to it, jerking off, doing whatever. And it's like, you can't put you can't pass judgment on those people because they're the ones getting you off yeah. while you at home by yourself. But, you know, you might be wearing your blue collar going to Wall Street and going to work. But... What about these what about these other people they're working too that's work for mm-hmm. them so i think it's uh, obviously sex work is real work and it's an actual real job
1: truth truth it's also the, like the way of which like we're taught in society growing up and it, it really i think stems back to how we're taught sex ed within this country and in this country alone i sex right. is such a abu subject and i'm i don't know if you all can like remember groups that said classes but like Sex was an action that was to be abstained from. Like, you were never to have sex. Like, having sex resulted in you getting some form of an STD. And yeah. nine times yeah. 10, it wasn't, like, you never really heard, like, oh, this STD is treatable or it's curable. Like, that wasn't really talked about. Or, you know, like I remember my, like, sex ed teacher who, like, was the coolest and chillest man ever. But, like, in class, it was, like, it was so awkward and like he just didn't want to like act, it was like trying to engage a brick wall. <laughs> like it just, there was nothing there. And it's like, we shouldn't be talking about sex in this weird way that makes people afraid of it because mm-hmm. let's be we all, we're all like, again, I'm non-binary, I don't want to like assume anyone gender, but like we're all people of the LGBTQ community who of which for ourselves, we had to have our own Form of sexual awakening on our own because they're not teaching not even lgbtq stuff but they're not teaching sex in a proper way of oh you know contraceptives or just like in general masturbation and pleasuring yourself is like a normal thing to do mm-hmm. or like porn, what you see in porn is a so much more heightened that like that's just not going to happen in real
0: life yeah I mean, no one teaches you how to have gay sex, that's a fact. Like, you just get thrown to the wolves, and you, like, we all have had (laughs) a positive and negative experience that we're like, well, never doing that again.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right.
0: (laughs)
3: True. I think it's cool that, um, you know, sex is like a personal exploration for each individual. I think that that's really important to tap into that whenever someone is ready to do so, to explore those places that they kind of um, feel like they need to. And I think for me, anyway, OnlyFans has been kind of like a way for me to do that. In although it's like more um, broadcasted widely or whatever it might be like to whoever the audience is, um, it's just kind of interesting because I'm also getting to, to experience things that I would never get to experience normally either. So it's kind of like its own realm of like doing things.
0: Well, Pete, let me ask you, and I hope you don't mind me asking. Do you do OnlyFans because you actually enjoy it and you like seeing the work that comes out of it, or is it just an easy way for you to make money at this point?
3: So what I want to say about OnlyFans is that um, I started it because I made $8 an hour at an art gallery in Virginia, living at home with my parents, my mom. And, um, I mean, I have a degree in mass communications. I'm smart. I can do like an office job, I wanted an office job, but none of that ever worked out for me. So what I decided to do was like, hmm, I'm always interested in sex, not to be like, oh yeah, like let's go there. But um, yeah, no, it's just something that always really attracted me. Um, I used to actually work at a porn studio, uh, gay porn studio in New York, not as a model, but as a graphic designer and web developer. So that was a way for me to like, apply my skills in that kind of setting and I think that that kind of influenced me eventually to begin my own path in that realm I feel that but I don't know that I answered the question sorry um what was it I mean, again? I like
0: you basically did but I mean you're saying like you do oh. enjoy it but like you oh, wait, start doing it because you enjoy it basically
3: I do enjoy it. It's definitely my relationship to sex has changed a little bit because of it and my relationship to um, Making money has like a, a lot of things have changed and shifted mentally for me since I've begun, which I only started last year in August. So it's just just past my one year only fans anniversary. But it's like you learn
0: to detach yourself from sex, you know?
3: Right, which is cool too. um, But you also, I mean, you can be present. It's just like detaching from it in a way that you might have originally thought of it as, versus like, um, because not everyone thinks of it the same way, but you're like detaching yourself from whatever previous idea you might have had of it. And then you like evolve.
0: I mean, bitch. If I could tell you the amount of times I went into sex, thinking, "Oh my god, this is the one. He's so hot. Like it's gonna be a great experience," and I never got a text back. Like, let me tell you, <sighs> everybody.
1: <I'm my> <laughs> <laughs> but that's also a really big thing too. I think, I think one of the big problems that sex works, sex workers face in this country is that a lot of general society looks at sex as not an act but as a way to not only procreate but they're looking at it as such an it, there's so much emotional baggage tied to to, to it so uh, you know like sex is still like you're doing something you're not like i don't have to have an emotional connection with you and a lot of people still cannot separate that and so you know when people like oh like you can't have sex for work like like you can like It's like running, like you can't tell a runner that, oh, you can't run for a job. Yeah. (laughs) Like detach whatever things you have with it and look at it in that way. Like sex is exhausting. (laughs) That's the (laughs) other thing, sorry. Anyone who does group scenes, I give it up to you because trying to entertain one person,
3: two people at max, but like three, four and five, stop. (laughs) i can't even watch like threesome scenes and porn anymore because it's just like well they're like very that's a talent like they're just like so they're connected paying attention to every aspect of what's going on it's awesome it's a it's definitely a state of mind that I, i haven't been able to tap into but i think that it's cool
0: i think it's hot for in the moment but sometimes if it feels forced it just doesn't work
3: Mm -hmm. Agreed.
0: Agreed. Like, my first threesome, I should say my only real threesome, (laughs) was with a couple in Australia. And it just happened so naturally that it just felt very normal. Like, they were so awesome. Like, it wasn't awkward at all. And then I ended up hanging out with them for the duration of, like, two weeks. And it was like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like, I think think having sex with somebody definitely – not to say you need to detach yourself from sex if that's what you choose to do, but I think it definitely builds a bond between two people that it's like you kind of experience them in a different way that it's like, even just for example, like Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I have never slept together, but just like I can there's like only a certain amount of friends that could be like, Jimmy, come over and like shave my asshole for me, for example, or like you just have this level of comfortability with certain people based on certain actions you've had with them that comes from being sexual with the person exactly I agree with that Jimmy do you feel like we're super close because of it <laughs>
2: yeah we're we're whole we're whole buddies we're whole twins <laughs> I <have> actually <laughs> I mean like <laughs> when you do a photo shoot with with each other and it's like you take your clothes off at the end of the day like what more could you like they see everything about you so you know i feel like the bond is just different and to me it can be stronger honestly
0: well one thing that i do think is weird though is i mean i can go through my dms and it's dick picture whole picture like i mean i've gotten a video of a guy swallowing a wine bottle with this asshole you know what i mean like i see the craziest things all the time that sexually i get so desensitized to sex almost that not to say that it's not a turn-on anymore but it's just like when somebody when you wake up and you're just going through your dms and it's dick picture dick picture whole picture hey can i see you naked oh my god you're so hot like almost it's like when you want to find somebody and find somebody who like is going to be your person and get married or whatever it might be. It's very hard to build a connection with somebody because it's like, you're hearing all the right things all the time, but it's never, it's never like in the proper context, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like, I could go on a date with the guy and he's like, Oh, you look so
2: hot. And I'm like, okay, heard that 17 times today. Like, thank you. Like hmm. be unique. But somebody who's like living in, Pennsylvania or somewhere where they don't get as much like action in that sense, maybe that if someone said that to them, it's like astronomical.
0: I mean, yeah, I remember the first time I like actually liked a guy or even like healthy. No, it was when I grinded with a guy. That was like, <laughs> for me. like when I first got a boner for dancing with someone, I was like, oh my God, this is why women like dance on guys. Cause they're just feeling his dick the whole time. I never like fully understood the concept because like I'm like think I have like all these hot moves with this girl and like it's just like a hot situation, but then like I would obviously never get a boner to. I'm just like doing it because it's like whatevs. And now I know that like all the girls would always like grind on my belt because they probably thought that was my dick because it was just something <laughs> hard to like use as a focal point. But like it wasn't. So when I finally did it with a guy, I'm like, oh my god! Like this makes so much sense now. You're like, oh my God, I think I'm gay.
3: <laughs> I love that. Awakening through grinding. That yeah. <clears throat>
0: that's, that's hot. Well, Pete, let me ask you first. How do you think we, like, change the stigma behind sex work, if you will? Like, how do you make that more socially acceptable? Like, do we need to talk about it more? I mean, like, I feel like, for example, kinks in general, like, I just feel like there's so many things about sex that are viewed as having to be underwrapped like it's like for example why does the fact that you're into feet have to be such a hidden thing that the world can't know or why is it the fact that you enjoy being tied up have to be so behind closed doors that it's like if you tell your friends it's like whoa you know
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think like um I think conversations are important. Like just discourse about sex is very important. I think like that's so natural for the LGBT community to be involved with. Um, I've also, so I make memes as well. And I also understand like, you know, intense LGBT related stereotypes and like understanding the way that people interact in our community usually on a um, large scale, I guess. Um, So it, what I think is just like more people need to get in touch with their relationship to sex um, individually versus also um, as they are as a member of the LGBT community that can be like a separate relationship as well. But we're also always kind of compartmentalizing thoughts about certain things. um, And it's complicated. Like there's also a time and place to be, you know, mentioning your, your, unmentionables i guess quote unquote unmentionable like yeah. sex whatever like i mean um you're not going to say that to like some cashier at the store or something like maybe that's inappropriate or something but like yeah if you're living your life and you have your friends they shouldn't be like judging you that hard at least for like something that you're into sexually i mean like they everyone's going to have a reaction to something that you're doing regardless so Kevin,
0: kind of. do your friends know about anything you've done, like about like going to the hotel
1: rooms or having a sex? I mean, uh, certain groups. I mean, they, they will know now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone who's in my like inner inner sanctum of my friend circle, like know like my life inside and out. And I don't really like sugarcoat or hide things that I've done because I don't think it's a necessary to like being a dancer. I think what's so beautiful about like being someone who creates art with their body is that there are I don't I can't hide anything. Yeah. You know, and uh in what makes especially like when you spend, you know, eight months, nine months with the same group of people, you really get to know these people. And so in that regard, what I've learned over especially in the last two years, especially like not hiding certain things just makes things a lot easier. And uh you know, being 110% authentic 24 seven just makes everything so much more easier because you could just have a conversation and not have to be like, oh, like I didn't tell you because of this. No, I'm just gonna flat out and tell you. I've had so many conversations with like cast members or whatever, just like either A, talking about anal, B, just talking about like different fetishes or kinks or just like how certain things work or whatever, or like we would just like have conversations about just like how, or like get off better. I think that was like, you know, I think having conversations like that just make it even better. And Well, uh, I feel
0: like confidence is sexy. So I think like confidence on a guy, like not to say physical appearance, like is the most important, but it's like, I think the way a guy presents himself and carries himself, like having confidence, whether you're a two or a 10, that I think is the most important part. So it's like own your shit, like physically, your job, your style, your fetishes, like, just like own who you are. And I think when you hide things from someone, it almost like changes your personality a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you're never fully being yourself.
2: Um, I don't know. I agree. Just 100% be yourself authentically.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Even, if it's, even if it's sexual, be yourself. and That will desensitize the world.
0: Well, Jimmy, let me ask you this. Do you think that the gay community is more in touch with sex work as opposed to heterosexual people?
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I really wouldn't even know the answer to that question. I, obviously, the gay community is very sexual. Um, <laughs> and this is like with multiple partners. And in the heterosexual world, most people don't have as many partners as the um, homosexual world. And, and that's okay. But um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Pete, <laughs> you, you wanna take a stab at it?
3: I mean, I'm also with Jimmy, I have no idea because I'm not really that in touch with anything heteronormative at this point <laughs> in my life anymore. I really like, yeah, it's just kind of shifted 180 from from, like, being in that, raised in that space and, you know, um, feeling those pressures and trying to understand, like, where I fit in, in the world in relation to my my sexuality, myself, my being, my, my personal identity, all of that stuff. Um, I think, like, I could never, I don't know what they do, but I mean, like, there's always, like, these niche places, like, so I guess in certain respects, I'm sure that the straight, world is in touch with um sex workers i just think like if you're talking about if you're going to talk about that at the lunch table at work maybe i don't think that's going to be happening but i mean like in gay culture it's kind of like normal to be like oh yeah i fucked that guy last week or like you know whatever like it's just like kind of a normal uh thing to talk about it's just like not kind of an issue or like something you should be so afraid of or ashamed of because why
0: Well, I I think that's because about the gay community is that I think we all have been like repressed for so long. You know what I mean? Like most of us didn't grow up gay. You know what I mean? Like we all were very closeted, tried to live this heterosexual lifestyle that not to say when we all came out, but it is almost like an explosion goes off that it's like, okay, like you go from zero to a hundred that it's like, you're now having gay sex. You're figuring out what you like. You're experiencing like emotions for the first time because it's like you obviously hang out with your high school friends who are like dating these girls and they're having real emotions and we're dating these girls thinking like oh like whatever like I guess this is what we do but you're never fully into it because sexually it was never there so I just feel like everything for gay people gets heightened because we're everything happens so fast to us so quickly that it's like you experience all these emotions and there's no gradual way of approaching it. It's like literally like this and you Mm -hmm. like, have to figure out how to compartmentalize like sex, emotion, like finding a job and making money, you know, it's, it's a lot to process.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's cool about that is that when you're mentioning that it makes me think like gay men or people in the LGBT community are kind of almost forced to, not that you shouldn't as a human anyway, but forced to explore their own sexual identities um, completely of and and with their own self, if that makes sense. Like you just kind of like, I think like all people should really do this, but it's like when you come into it from a perspective that you're fed from, you know, observing others around you in a heteronormative environment, then it kind of like, takes you into this space where you're like literally creating your own experience, your own, your own fulfillment. Like you you just need to really explore and figure it out and feel what's comfortable for you. And, you know, whether that is comfortable for someone else that's on them, I guess it's just like, if you're willing to share, you know, your sexual experiences objectively versus like, you know, um, I guess like, there are emotions involved, and I do want to tell uh, stuff about that as well. Because, like, if I also do rent men, um, so having like emotional connections with the clients are also is like it's really important to to do. And I think that it's it's kind of like relieving that no one's just like pretending at that point. It's just like an interaction, but it's also transactional. Um, well, be
0: cool. on what's it called, rent men. Yeah, that, Do you find that there's a lot of closeted straight men on there, or do you think there's a lot of older gay men on it?
3: I mean, I think both. I think one of my clients um, is. Well, he checks both of those boxes, I guess. It's like he's an older man that wants to experience life. Um, I don't know that he's straight, but he present like just me reading that aspect. It seemed that he was like closeted straight. older and couldn't break into the space where he was free to you know do what he wanted or what he wants with men or whomever he chooses to have as a partner versus whatever exists there now that he has to kind of go look in the space called rent men to find someone that he can be fulfilled with
0: i definitely do think it's sad for certain people I mean I'm not sure where the age bracket breaks off but I would say although the four of us have probably had like a tougher upbringing you know what I mean like obviously we've all been made fun of in high school it was never like cool to be gay or like I don't know what it's like to grow up now for kids who are in high school but I think for the most part it's completely socially acceptable to be gay in most areas Um, I'm sure like there's middle America places like that that it's not but I think it's at least talked about. There's TV shows that talk about it now. There's You have your outlets to be gay, but I really feel for like the older generation of people who it's like, I feel like they're still trying to figure out how to infiltrate the gay community because, I mean, not to say that we're part of the problem, but it's like in our community, we idolize such hot, physically attractive men that it's like, how does somebody older break into the gay community who like, even they might've just came out a year or two ago and they want to experience a circuit party or they want to go to a gay Mm -hmm. bar and just have gay friends. But it's like, how do you do that when you might not visually fit the standards of what gay culture finds appealing, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Or they don't even know how to navigate it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they, they they might not know how to navigate that because they grew up in this culture where you couldn't be gay at all. And you had to hide who you were and get married and have kids and then realize they're gay later on in life. And now they're, you know, 50 or, you know, 60 and they're finally coming out. It's like, they missed, they missed their whole youth of doing what we're doing now, you know, exploring sex and exploring this and that. And they never got the chance to do that because they, you know, suppress their feelings, Um, so yeah.
3: And I think like that's more of the problem is like the feeling that we need to suppress the feelings or like whatever society is like making people feel this depressed way or like making them seem like, oh, that's so taboo or, you know I mean? Like obviously doing some um, more extreme things. I think there's always like an extreme um, maybe that could be said, like, maybe don't go so, so hard at it. Maybe everything in moderation. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that it's just important to get really in touch with who you are at the earliest age possible and whether that be – well, I mean, okay, don't explore sex if you're, like, not of age, I guess, or, like, not that we all have not I don't know how to, like, talk about this. This is so hard because, like, at 16, maybe I was doing – crazy things too but it's like i think like at your own discretion At your own pace right yeah like just it's up to you it's not up to society it's not up to anyone else it's really like literally like you are the key you're the holder of that key you determine that like you need to like find that relationship and work with it and it, it's something that you work with for your entire life, kind of like it's like your relationship might change to to sex in general um, throughout time, like, I'm sure mine is going to shift again as I age and continue to deteriorate. Um, you know, <laughs> what I mean, I but like I mean, like, it's inevitable. We're all going to decay and eventually, you know, we're not going to be as sexually inclined, um, but... I mean that's also okay like you don't need to be i'm not saying i'm not advocating that you need to be like the sexual creature but i'm also like saying that you don't need to not be either it's up to you
0: well cool. kevin let me ask you this will be like our final question i'll ask everybody but do you, kevin do you think you're fully in touch with yourself sexually i
1: actually i think i am for the most part i i think i have come to a realization of things I do like, things I don't like, things I will try, and you know, uh, I'm always I always say I'm game to try anything once. Um, mm-hmm. Minus scat, that can that can stay over there. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, no thank uh, you. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I you am know. game to just about anything. I again, I'm also like because I, I try to live my life as unapologetically as possible and try to just you know take on everything head on. Um, and maybe just a tip, but, like, uh, that being said, like, I, I always try to, I just try to be, like, open and receptive to any, everything. I, I really do think that, like, for the most part, I've, like, I know what I like now. I know this is how, how is this is going to plan out, and that's it. When people start trying to, like, go into other, I'm like, um... Yeah, it's not going to work. I'm not, not going to work, but, like, you know, for the most part, I think I am, and I, I again, I, like, people saying it, like, We're always changing and exploring. We'll see where I am in like two years from now. And what I say in terms of like what I want to do sexually with my life and with other partners and stuff, that that will change. What I want to do with partners now compared to what I was doing with partners last year is completely different. And how I talk about sex is completely different. And, you know, it's an ever-changing river.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I mean, I would say if I had to answer that question right now, I would probably say like I'm not. Like, I feel like every time I try something, it's just feels so different. And like, not to say that, I, I don't think it's bad to say you're not in touch with yourself sexually, because I think it all depends on the partner as well, that it's like, I could try something with one person and it feels so natural and it's like a good rhythm and I'm comfortable with it. But if I try it with somebody new, it's not the same. Like, you, it's like, you can only do so much with different people because it doesn't translate you know what i mean like there's different size dicks there's different like settings like sometimes i'm comfortable sometimes i feel like i'm trying to hold in a fart you know what i mean like there's so many things that are happening in the moment that it's like there's there's no clear path you know
1: that's where communication comes in like you always need to talk 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 i'm the biggest advocate for talking during sex like Talk, if you can't laugh and fuck someone at the same time, you're doing something wrong.
0: Well, it's different when you have to be like, I'm sorry, like, I had mac and cheese for dinner. Like, beware.
3: <laughs> That's but like, fine. If you go
0: through with this, let's do it, you know?
3: I mean, arguably, I don't know if this Arguably, I would say, like... Is this thing on? I'm just kidding, I can't tell anymore. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, like, turned off. Okay, wait. So, arguably, I would say, like, yeah, you should be communicative. Um, I'm actually really awkward to the point where I'm literally like having weird conversations about things that they're probably not even thinking about. Um, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, um, yeah, it's just like sex is awkward and it's like inherently just an awkward thing. I mean, you can be as comfortable as you can in your skin and your body, but just like that interaction, like you were saying with any individual, like it could be different, like their dick's larger in this situation or like the dick is smaller, but it can like really hit that prostate. Well, you know, like it's, it's always, um, a tr- like a a what's that quote like sex is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get although that's apply applied to like fucking stis um i think like you know you can use it in a different way for that you can like really get a lot of experiences out of sex that you might not have originally uh thought and not necessarily in a negative way either
2: yeah jimmy what do you think i think i'm not done learning about my sexual life my sexual experience like i i'm still learning i'm still open to new experiences new things as well as everyone else in this group i know you are too but i i guess i just don't think that i'm done finding finding out like what i like and as jeff was saying like new experience with 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 different other with other people it's like you don't know what to expect with this person it might be different with this other person and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I I don't know. I, I get like I get labeled as a bottom all the time and now I find myself topping for the last year. So it's like I don't really know what I like and I'm just trying to figure out what I really wanna be. And I guess I don't want to be one thing. And that's I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't ever want to just be one thing. I wanna be everything.
3: She's I wanna hers. be good at
2: everything too.
3: Is yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she wants to purse first. And verse, wait, purse first
0: and verse first. <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to take any size, anywhere, like, but I'm not there. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> She's it's not gotta there. It's
0: gotta breathe. We can help you get there, girl. There is no breathing technique that, like, I mean, uh, there's certain curves I look at that I'm like, listen, <laughs> my my organs were not built like that. You know what I mean? Like, you're only gonna get so far. Like, I'm sorry, but like my fucking hole goes a certain way. And the minute you start going like this, it's just, the parts don't align, you know?
2: but I really get it, girl.
1: On the, like, I, like, started recently j- attempting to, like, get into bottoming more, which, like, I always get labeled as a bottom, even though, like, I'm like, no. Um, uh, but, like, it's been really, it's been a really lovely sexual exploration I've been having in quarantine with myself, and I'm very happy. It's been going really
2: well. That's exciting. Like, I
3: love Ooh. I love the supportive group of gay men supporting each other through their sexual exploration. How wonderful is it? Like I'm not even being sarcastic actually, but it's really, it's really good. I like it. I think it's really important to like know that you can like share your experiences without being, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be, you know, judged and criticized for what we're saying because this is like a broadcasted, uh you know, outwardly production thing. But um, no, I think it's like important to, you know, have that self-confidence that you need to be okay with whatever you're doing and not worry about if someone else likes it or not kind of thing.
2: Well, maybe this, maybe this podcast will help other people, you know, understand that it's okay to be open about it and try new things and not be so closed minded about sex and sex work. And hopefully that's what we did today.
1: No, Don't yuck someone's yum
0: and also all available for hire <laughs> oh my
3: this is our ad advertisement more for
0: importantly you. everybody's instagrams will be tagged in the bio and you can click and follow any one of these beautiful people um so guys thank you so much for coming on this was actually a lot of fun um Thanks hopefully so.
3: you guys Might. got something
0: out of this who are listening and tune in next week for another episode of behind the bum and that's it boys, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff. It was oh, lovely to you meet guys. you